Father, we thank you that your word will impact every life today. Lord, I'm asking and demanding in the name of Jesus that not one person will leave this place like they came. May your word do what no man's word can do. May your word go deep. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that your word is quick and it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. The joint and the marrow. And it's the discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So Lord, may your word come into every heart today. And Lord, bring about a mighty, mighty change. We believe for it. And we give you the glory in advance. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you believe the word of God will change you today, shout amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, I want to speak to you about the pathway to greatness. Everyone say pathway, pathway. To, greatness. to greatness. Or you can say pathway to the top. And we're going to use the life of Joseph as a case study. Case study, you now feel as if you're in university. But this is a very interesting story as I, even right now as I speak, I am reading the book of Genesis and I'm finishing out the story of Joseph. In actual fact, I just finished, I just finished the book of Genesis. I just finished the last, last chapter and I'm about to go to the book of Exodus. But I just started reading the book of Genesis all over again. And when you read the book of Genesis, one of the major Stories in the book of Genesis that intrigues you or intrigues me is the story of Joseph. The story of who? Joseph. Joseph. The story of Joseph is an intriguing story. It's a very exciting story. So I, I listed down, let me see how many. I listed down 12 things in the life of Joseph that can impact your life if you would do the things that I'm going to teach you here with the life of Joseph, it will bring you to the top. Now I want to say to the top. Now when I say to the top, you've got to understand that to the top of what God wants you to accomplish on earth. How many of you here believe that God has a divine destiny for you? Thank you for a few of you agree, but some of you do not believe that. So some of you, you probably think that you're here to spectate. No, nobody is on earth to spectate. Nobody is on earth to what? Spectate. Everyone that's sitting in this congregation today, whether you know it or not, God has his hand upon your life. Amen. There is a divine purpose for you. Amen. You know, when God spoke to Jeremiah, the young man, at the age of about 17 or so, God said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. My God. So God knew the man before he was even conceived. You know what that tells me? That tells me that there's something about your life that God has divinely planned out for you. What God has planned out for you is for you. Oh my God. Maybe this section is not in, interested. What God has planned out for you is for you. It is, it is not for the next guy sitting beside you. What God has planned out for you is for you. And I want to submit to everyone sitting here today and those that are watching on the internet that there is a divine destiny or a divine mandate or a divine purpose that God has for each person. You may realize it, you may have even stepped into it, or you may realize it but never stepped into it. Or you may not even know that there is a divine destiny. But I'm here to announce to you, before you were conceived, that God knew you and God already destined something for you to accomplish. And that thing that God has destined for you to accomplish, I believe with all of my heart, that as you begin to press into God, you are going to discover it, and you are going to begin to live in it, and you will come to the point where you accomplish the purpose of God for your life. Amen. Tell somebody, I am not here by accident. <laughs> Tell somebody, I am not here by mistake. There is 
a divine purpose for my life. And I will accomplish it by the grace of God. If you believe it, then shout hallelujah. Genesis chapter 37. There are 12 things I've listed, but I don't think I'll finish them out today. I'll start with a couple of them and then let's see how the Lord will lead us in the subsequent weeks. Genesis 37, if you have not turned off your phone, please do so. Let's give the word of God the utmost place and respect today. Have you found Genesis 37? Yes. I want us to start reading from verse number 5. Verse 5, if you found it, say amen. amen. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, shall thou, in, shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall thou indeed have dominion over us? So you can even see right here that his brothers are already telling Joseph the meaning of his dream. Shall you or will you reign over us? Will you have dominion over us? They are beginning to understand that the dream is basically saying that God was going to lift up Joseph to a place of greatness where he will reign over them. So they are already interpreting the dream of Joseph. Can I say this to you? That God does not bring you a dream to complicate your life. I've heard people come to me and say, Pastor, I had a dream. Can you please explain it? Listen, why don't you pray to God to explain what he is saying to you? One frog, I saw him jumping out of the Bosphorus River. And then he jumped out and jumped on the alley. And then jumped on the highway. And, and Pastor, what's the meaning? I don't know the meaning. I don't know the meaning of a frog jumping out of the Bosphorus. When God speaks to you, my brother, when, my God, my, when God speaks to you, my sister, God does not confuse you. God speaks in a very clear language. Amen. By the grace of God, I've been opportune to hear God speak to me by that witness in my spirit or an audible voice. I've been opportune to see Jesus a few times. Praise God. That's not bad. Amen. A few times. Amen. I've seen dreams. And when I wake up, I knew it was the Lord speaking. I did not have to consult with anybody to help me understand if God was speaking to me or not. Why? Because when God is speaking to you, God will speak to you in a language you will understand. Amen. Oh, Pastor, I don't know if God is the one speaking to me or if it is the devil speaking to me or if it is my mind. Well, if it is your mind, then deal with it. If it is the devil, cast him out or cast him away. Resist the devil and he shall flee from you. But when God is speaking to you, it is very, very clear. And I'm talking to God speaking to you directly. Come on now, say amen. amen. You can already see that the brothers are already telling Joseph, do you mean you shall have dominion over us? Everyone said dominion. dominion. Do you mean you will rule over us? Absolutely. That is the meaning of the dream. That is the meaning of the dream. When you tell the vision that God has given to you, people that hear it will understand what it is. They may not like it though. But they will understand it. Because as you can see, in the case of Joseph, the brothers who were supposed to get excited for his dream were not. And that's something else to understand that sometimes you think everyone will be excited because you saw a dream from God or because God wants to do something big in your life. And then you go about running your mouth and telling everybody and you don't realize that not everybody you tell is happy. Because the reason why some people are not happy with you having a dream is because the dream of God for your life will expose their weakness and their laziness. So what they want is everybody stay at the same level. Because the moment you start having a dream, it means that something big is about to happen in your life. And that will expose their laziness. And they don't want you to go up. Because if you go up, you will expose them. 
I'm preaching good now. Say amen. amen. So not everybody will be excited. That is the reason why we must be very careful how we speak. The Bible says be quick to hear but be slow to speak. Amen. But some people are quick to speak and slow to hear. You hang out with some people, they, they don't let you speak. They just talk, talk, talk all the time. And because they are talking too much, they don't understand anything in the conversation. And that's the way some people treat God. They go to God in prayer and they don't let God speak. They do more speaking than God. And they wonder why their prayers are not answered. Listen, my friend. The answer to your prayer, it's not in your talking. It is in God talking. Amen. Okay, let me see. Maybe somebody's going to hear what I'm saying in the back. The answer to your prayer, it is not in you talking, it is in God talking. Amen. When God speaks, that is the answer you need. Amen. And in actual fact, there are times we go to God in prayer, we don't say anything, we just let him speak. Yes. Because God already knows your heart. Amen. The Bible says, before you pray, he knew. Yes. So people are busy heaping up phrases. Because they think in their much talking, God will hear them. But they don't understand that even before they came to God, God knew. So you don't go to God and heap up phrases. You don't go to God and make up sentences and, 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 and all kinds of things just because you think, if I speak more, God will hear me. No, God don't hear you because you speak a lot. The Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or So he even knows your thoughts. So this has to change the way you pray. The way you pray needs to change. Some of you are talking too much. That is why you're not getting answers. Because when you go to God in prayer, God has a lot of things he wants to say to you regarding that subject. You've got to learn to go to God and be quiet. Be still. And then you will know, I am God. My father, my father. Shut up. God has something to say to you. I'm not against talking when you go to God, but there are times that you've got to be quiet and let God speak. Do you know that the answer to that prayer is in God giving you an assignment? Do you know that God wants to send you to somebody? Do you know that God wants to tell you what to do to bring the miracle? Do you know that God wants to give you a direction? Do you know that God wants to give you a mandate? Something that God wants you to do that will bring about that miracle that you're asking for is in the word of God. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Looks like the back is quiet. Maybe they don't hear me very well. Give me a little bit more on, on the house. So Joseph told his dream. I want to say his dream. He told his dream to his brothers. And they said, are you going to be above us? Is it okay for me to prophesy over you? Yes. There are some of you. God's going to use you to raise your entire family. Amen. I didn't say all of you. I said I, I needed to say that. There are some of you. God is going to use you. You, you, maybe you know you are the one I'm talking about. You are the one that God has destined to use to raise up your entire family. Amen. There are things that have never been done in your lineage. God's going to use you to introduce those things into your family. You, you are the one that God has appointed. You are the one that God has chosen. You are the one that God has anointed. You may not know it, but I'm here to prophesy it over your life. That you are the one that God has chosen. And God will lift you up. And God will raise you up to raise everyone in your family up. Amen. For some of you, it's not just going to be your family. It's going to be your entire village. For some of you, it's not just going to be your village. It's going to be your community. Amen. For some of you, it's going to be even the city you come from. Amen. Your name will ring bells. Your, when they mention your name, people will say, yes, we know that man. Because he has been the blessing that has impacted my family, impacted my life. Maybe you are the one I'm talking to. If you believe that is for you, then make sure your amen is the loudest in the house today. Amen. Come on now, somebody praise the Lord in the house today. No, I just felt like prophesying that. I felt like prophesying that. That just came to me and I felt like releasing that. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. 
Verse number 9 says, And he dreamed yet another dream. My God, this, this young man is dreaming. <laughs> and he dreamed yet another. Everyone say another. another. He dreamed yet another dream and told it to his, bro- his brethren and said, Behold, I dreamed again. <laughs> I dream again. I like this. The young man had the first dream and then he goes to bed again and he had a second dream. Everyone say he had a second dream. He says, I dreamed again, my friends, I dream again, my brothers. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, what is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying. And his brethren went to feed their father's flock. In Shechem. Now watch this. The father rebuked him in the presence of his brothers. But notice what the father did. The father kept it in his heart. Because the father knew that his boy was hearing from God. Mm -mm -mm. You know why his father knew his boy was hearing from God? Because Jacob himself was a man of visions. You see when you are a man of visions and people begin to talk about God's vision. You will catch it. The Bible said the spiritual man understands all things. But he cannot be understood. Because a spiritual man is unpredictable. But a spiritual man can predict everything. So Jacob knew that Joseph was actually hearing from God. But he knew what had already started happening amongst his sons. And so he did not want to affirm the dream in the presence of his sons. And so he rebuked Joseph and said, Are you now saying that I and your mother and your brother shall come and bow before you to the earth? His brothers were envious, but his father pondered. That was it, he pondered. He kept it in his heart. There are things that God... Has spoken to you about. You've got to keep it in your heart. Keep it where? Keep it in your heart. Listen. Let the purpose of God manifest. And let it tell the people. Around you. What God told you five years ago. Let the plan of God manifest in your life. And let the plan of God that manifests. Be the thing that announces itself. Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? Some people are always saying, the Lord told me, the Lord told me, but I never see the evidence. The Lord said this to me. The Lord said that to me. Where is the evidence? If the Lord is truly speaking to you about things, we shall see the evidence. I want to say the evidence. Now, there are three things I'm going to share with you quickly, and then I'll round up the service today, and then next week I'll pick up from here. Number one, we see in the life of Joseph, we're talking about pathway to the top, a pathway to greatness. Number one, he had a heavenly dream. Everyone say he had a heavenly dream. dream. Write that down. That's very important. But it's important to also say to you that having a heavenly dream is not a guarantee you will rise to the top. Oh my God. There are many who dreamt But their dreams never came to fruition. Or they did not accomplish the fullness of the dream. And there is one singular reason why so many have dreamed and have never accomplished it. That single reason is called laziness. Now you don't shut me down now because I'm preaching good. That singular reason is called what? Laziness is the reason why most people that have dreamed never accomplishes their dream. Laziness is the reason why when you go to the graveyard, you will see tombstones of men and women who had dreams but never stepped into it. I want to say laziness. 
oh my God, the way, I mean, you, you know, the, 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 this 21st century, this, this time when everything is like, you know, microwave society, microwave uh, mentality where people want it done that fast. People are not willing to do what it takes to come into the plan of God. People are not willing to pay the price. Think about this. Even with reading Bibles today, many have become so lazy they never open their paper Bibles. It has become so easy to look at your Bible on your phone. Now I'm not kicking against that because I do that too. But it has affected so many to the point where many don't even know the books of the Bible. I'm preaching good. Many don't know the books of the Bible. If you say to people, open to me the book of Zephaniah, they, know, they don't know where it is. Open to me the book of Micah, they don't know where it is. You know why? Because we live in this age of technology, where I'm not against technology, technology is good, but there is, listen, it can affect you adversely. It can affect you adversely. Or adversely, however you want to pronounce it. Are you listening to me? Laziness. Listen, in, in Matthew, I believe it's chapter 25. When Jesus told the, 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 the parable of the talents. He talked about the man who was given how many? One talent. The second guy was given how many? Two talents. The third guy was given how many? Five talents. The guy who got two talents took his talents and invested them, was invested them. The guy who got five talents, took his five talents, and did what? Invested them. The guy who got one talent, took his talent, and did what? He buried it in the ground. And when his master came back, and asked him, what have you done with what I gave you? He said, I buried it in the ground. Here is your talent, take it. And what did the master say to him? <laughs> wicked and lazy. Everyone say wicked, wicked and lazy. So the master referred to him as a wicked and a lazy servant. The reason why so many are not accomplishing the purpose of God for their lives is because they are lazy. Lay. Z. Laziness will affect you. Laziness is the reason why when the alarm bell goes off at 7, you turn it off and you keep sleeping. Many, many years ago, I walked. In actual fact, I was teaching this uh, Turkish couple. They had at the time that one of the top 10 electrical companies in this country. This was many, many years ago. I was teaching English language, and I would go to their office, spend time with them. I just spent literally the whole day with them. You know, he had contracted me to just come there. He studied electrical electronics engineering. His wife studied the same thing, and they had one of the top 10 electrical company in this country. So I would go there, spend the whole day with them, with his staff. It was a huge factory. And he just wanted me to sit in his office and just interact in English language. He just wanted me to walk around and as he would go around from place to place, you know, just uh, looking at stuff that his staff members were doing. He wanted me to just be there by his side and just interact with him. So I was doing that with him. And then he told me his story. He said, God will. He said, when we started, we would work from morning Till I think almost midnight. And then we get back home. When we get in the car, drive back home, we get home. He said we will sleep like 1 a.m. or something like that. And then wake up again around 5 a.m. in the morning. Or 5, 6 a.m. to go back to work. So that's how he worked. And worked. And worked. And worked. And became one of the top 10 electrical companies in this country. You know what God wants you to do, but you're not willing to work it. You're busy sleeping. Some people, some people don't even want to get a job. They're waiting for their big breakthrough. Your big breakthrough will not come if you can't humble yourself and work something right now. 
People coming to this place. No, I want to go to that country. I want to go to that nation. As if you kept something over there. <laughs> what did you keep in France that you want to go get? What did you keep in Greece that you want to go get? What did you keep in America that you want to... Even in America, you have to work. You have to work. Some people just want to sleep all day long. And just like Pastor Corey said, this is not going to drop on you while you're sitting on your blessed assurance. You've got to work. We tell people, where, even when they want to come into the ministry, what do we tell them? Bible school students. We tell them that ministry is spelt W-O-R-K. Ministry is not spelt M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y. It is spelt W-O-R-K. There are days in my life that I wish we had more than 24 hours. Ministry is work. Ministry is not sitting in the office drinking coffee. Ministry is not sitting in the office and no, it is work. It is what? Work. work. You want God to bless whatever you do, you've got to work. The Bible says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Laziness is the reason why many do not step into the plan of God. Laziness is the reason why, even though they see the big thing that God wants to do with their lives, they never step into it because they are lazy. God will not bless laziness. But if you are hardworking, get ready, your harvest is coming. Those that are hardworking will be blessed. The Bible says, see a man that is diligent in his work. He will not stand before ordinary men. He will stand before kings. God will honor hard work. God will bless hard work. God will bless those that work hard on what God has called them to do. I work hard on my ministry. I made up my mind I will not be an average preacher. It's not going to happen. I made up my mind I'm going to be excellent at what God has called me to do. And so I worked hard. I applied myself. I applied myself. I had to read. I had to study. I had to observe. I learned as I observe. And people say, God, give me something big. How can God give you something big when you can't even handle something small? God will bless those that are faithful. The Bible says if you're faithful with little, God will make you a ruler over much. Can someone say amen? amen? So the man got one talent, but notice the Bible tells us that he was given one talent because of his what? Ability. Your talent depends on your ability. Your increase depends on your what? Ability. You say, God, give me much. God say, improve. You say, God, open new doors. God say, prepare. You say, God, give me the right connections. God say, get yourself ready for that. Because if God brings you the right connection, what will you do? Oh, but Pastor God, does the Bible not say God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? Yes, that's what it says. But it does not say God uses foolish people. Somebody will get that next month. Go to the graveyard. It is filled with men, women who dreamt but never did it. That is why it is said that the graveyard is the wealthiest place. Have you heard that before? Yes. Not that I believe it, but it's just an idiomatic expression. They say the graveyard is the wealthiest place because it is filled with dreams that never came to pass. Men dreamt but never fulfilled it. Many years ago, I was talking with this man from Northern Ireland. And as we were talking, at the time he was an English teacher. He used to attend this church. And he just began to express how dissatisfied and how unhappy he was with God. He said to me, God, uh, I can't trust somebody who says something but does not do it. He was referring to God, by the way. And then, and then I said, what happened then? He began to tell me, he said, when I was in my country as a young man, as I, was, I was a young believer, the Lord told me that I would start this business in my country. But it never happened. I said, why didn't it happen? He said, well, because all the regulations in my country would not let it happen. 
Don't you realize that when God tells you to do something that the regulations will not allow, that is when to step out in faith and believe God to change the regulations. You think God told you to do it because the regulations would favor you? No, God told you to do it so that he would change things. Why is it called a miracle? Because nobody has done it. Why is it called a miracle? Because there is an obstacle in your way. Then God will step in and God will remove the obstacle. And God will make a way where there is no way. That's why it's called a miracle. Oh, no, I tried my best, but no, it wasn't possible. No, your best was not good enough. Why do you think the Red Sea parted? The Red Sea was an obstacle. Moses could say, Lord, we're finished. God said, don't cry to me. Stretch out your rod. And when he did, the Red Sea parted. The Bible said God opened the Red Sea with the blast of his nostrils. What are you talking about? It is not possible. With my God, nothing is impossible. When God says yes, no man can say no. No government can say no. No institution can say no. When God opens the door, nobody can shut that door. Don't you ever say it is not possible. Because what is impossible with man is possible with God. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a big shout of hallelujah. What is this rubbish? It is not possible. You mean God told you to do something that is not going to work? You couldn't do it, that's why he told you. You couldn't do it, that's why he stepped in. If you could, God wouldn't get involved. They say heaven help those who help themselves. But I say no, heaven help those who cannot help themselves. Come on now, say amen. Amen. No, it's just people being lazy. People not taking responsibility. Even lazy in faith. You know you can have lazy faith? Or you can have big faith? Or you can have strong faith? Come on now. Is anyone here interested in having strong faith? Not lazy faith that gives up quickly. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. And when you walk through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flames will not kindle upon you. Because God says, I will be with you all the time. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And I'm telling you, church, if you don't give up, if you don't cave in, if you don't back out, you are going to see a miracle. Don't be lazy in your faith. Don't let the devil push you around. No, you tell the devil, this is my territory. This is God's plan for my life. You are not going to push me out of the purpose of God for my life. You get out of this place. Come on now, that's how you need to speak in faith to the devil. Praise God. When men say it's not possible, God says it is possible. When men say there is a bringing down, God says there is a lifting up. That's what God wants to do. And so Joseph noticed he had a dream, but a dream is not enough. Let me say it this way. Having a dream is like having a potential. You know, everyone here, listen, I've said this many times. Every guy here have the potential to develop six packs. Six. I want to say six packs. Everyone here. Every man here. Don't bother about the women right now. All the guys, all the guys in the house, you all have the everyone say potential. potential. Now, potential is just what? Potential. potential. Until you tap into potential, it's just gonna what? Sit there. Each man here, we can all. All of us. But is that the case? Absolutely not. Some some people have a bigger tank. <laughs> my, my pastor friend in Germany, I was preaching for him one time. And he said to, he said to me, he said, Pastor Godwell, I have one pack. <laughs> you know, he said, I, he, he does not have six packs. He has one pack. And you know, some of you have one pack. Some of you have a much bigger tank. That's why some of you drink more than others. When the joy begins to flow, some of you with much bigger tank, ah, ha, ha, you begin to drink bigger. God, your tank is big. But some people have, you know, smaller tanks. 
But every man here can have that. Six packs. But not every man will. Because not every man will do the work necessary. Some people are busy eating money night and some people even wake up 2 a.m. to eat. They're always searching stuff in the refrigerator or two. Their wives are asking, what's happening in the fridge, honey? What's going <laughs> It's the dog. It's the dog. It's the cat. No, it's not the dog. It's not the cat. It's you. It is you. Because the stuff you put into your mouth will manifest. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. But the potential is there. Everyone can. But you've got to do the work. You've got to do what? Work. I don't, I don't enjoy young men looking like. Young men. Come on, young men. Preaching good now. Amen. The work has to be done. And you've got to go to the gym. Good. You've got, to, <laughs> you've got to exercise. And it is not easy. It's hard work. Come on, say amen. amen. I mean, look at my wife. She looks great. My, you need to clap your hands when... My wife looks great. She looks amazing. And she's putting a lot of work. A lot of work. I'm telling you. This lady putting so much work to look like she does now. Because I remember before we got married, my God, I could easily just put my arms around her waist easily. It was easy on our wedding day. If you see our wedding picture. And then later on, she just began to add some. Prosper. She, be, she said prosper. She began to prosper. And then she said to us, no, I don't want this kind of prosperity. You know, and then she began to do the work. Everyone saw the work. Oh my God, I was, I was shocked. I said to her, what, like, what, like, what happened? But I saw her diligent, they wanted diligently, diligently doing the work. I was eating, she was watching. <laughs> I was eating, she was watching. But she was not eating, so she decided not to eat what I eat. She began to eat something else that will work in her body. She did not avoid food completely, but she chose what to eat, and she ate portions. Small portions. What's a small portion? Oh, my God. Some of you, when <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the table is... But it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Now, she, what she's doing is maintenance. Now, maintenance also is work. Somebody should clap hands for her. Come on, she's... She's done good. But then she says to me, you know, all of these, I do it because of you. I praise God for that. (laughs) But these are good stuff. These these examples are important. Because we people want to see the plan of God, but they don't want to do the work. If the Bible says, so whom much is given, much is required, then it also implies to he that wants more needs to do more. Is that correct? So having a dream, that's one thing that Joseph had. But I need to still stress that you've got to have a dream. Tell somebody you must have a dream. dream. Now a man with a dream is going somewhere. A man with no dream is going nowhere. Can I also talk to you young ladies? If a man wants to marry you, he needs to have a dream. If the guy has no dream, then tell him to go find a dream before you come. No, that's a fact. Because if a man has got no dream, the man's going nowhere with you. And if you, if you tag on with a man with no dream, you are going nowhere with him. We married, actually one of the things that excited my wife about me was because I told my dreams. And she heard my dreams. I just kept telling her, this is what the Lord told me. This is what the Lord told me. This is what the Lord would do. I knew I was going places. I knew it. I had no, no question in my mind. Life was hard at the time, but I knew it. And that, that really was the thing that, one of the major things that attracted my wife to me. Because of dream. I want to say dream. Dream is that propeller in your life. I said dream is that propeller. Dream is the thing that propels you through life. 
Think about crossing the Atlantic Ocean. You want to cross the Atlantic Ocean on a cruise boat, not in a canoe. Because if you use a canoe, you're going to paddle and paddle and paddle and row and row. And what will happen after a while? You get tired. And what will happen when you get tired? You will give up and then the wind will determine your direction. Correct? The waves will determine your direction. No, I don't want the winds and the waves to determine my direction. I want that vision, that propeller to keep propelling me through life. Along the Atlantic Ocean. And I know I'm going somewhere. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on now, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So the first thing we see here in the story of Joseph is a dream. That was a dream. A dream. Number two, pressure. That was a pressure. pressure. The man had pressure. Watch this. God spoke to him about a dream. He got excited that God was going to raise him up. But then when he told his brothers his dreams, all kinds of stuff began to happen against his life. All hell broke loose. His life now seemed to be going the opposite, it was the opposite direction. Opposite direction of what God said he was going to do with his life. Notice he was hated and he was sold by his own brothers. Come on now, say amen. And then in the house of Potiphar, notice in the house of Potiphar, while he was in the house of Potiphar, he was falsely accused. And he was thrown into prison. Now it does not seem as if this dream is going to come to pass. Why? Because this dream seemed to be going the opposite direction. Or the life of the carrier of the dream seemed to be going what? The opposite direction. God says, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to use you to do mighty things. But then you look at your life. Your life is going the opposite direction. But you know what? Pressure is good. Oh my God, it got quiet on me. Pressure is what? It is good to go through pressure. Come on. Because God, listen, God uses pressure. God uses what? God uses pressure. He does. Because when you begin to go through pressure, it will begin to bring out the best in you. You see, the Bible says, this light affliction produces an eternal weight of glory. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that ye partake of Christ's sufferings, so that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. That was the pressure. Pressure is good. Pressure is good. Because it brings out the best in you. That's when you are squeezed and the juice comes out. You squeeze a lemon, you get the juice. Is that correct? And God wants you squeezed. It's okay. Oh, Pastor Godwell, I don't like that message. No, yeah, I like it. Whether you like it or not, it, it happens. Come on now, say amen. amen. So pressure, I want the pressure. Amen. Pressure is good. It will produce that eternal weight of glory in you. It will bring out the best in you. When you push a man to the wall, the real thing comes out. So Joseph had a dream, but he did not step into the dream the day he woke up or the next day after he woke up. He had to go through pressure. That was a pressure. Now, I'll just give you these two. And then as I'm speaking about pressure, I'll quickly talk to you about the three stages of a vision. That was the three stages. Number one stage of a vision is conception. It was a conception. conception. Now, conception happens in the place of intimacy. It was a conception. conception. Happens in the place of intimacy. Okay, so conception. Think about a, wo a woman who gets pregnant. How does she get pregnant? She gets pregnant when she gets intimate. Correct? She doesn't get pregnant from a distance. 
There's got to be intimacy for conception to take place. Is that correct? Now, when that conception takes place, the woman carries a vision in her. That was a vision. When it comes to God's vision, it happens in a place of intimacy. You cannot have God's vision when you are distant from God. You have vision from God when you're pressing to God. Come on, I'll say amen. amen. So there's that place of intimacy and vision is conceived. Now, when vision is conceived, you come into the second stage. Or when a baby is conceived, the woman comes into the second stage. And the second stage is known as gestation. That one's a gestation. Gestation is the longest stage in the three stages. Conception happens in one encounter. Gestation takes nine months. They say it takes an encounter for a woman to get pregnant, but it takes nine months for her to be a mother. But now, the second stage is gestation. What happens to the woman when conception takes place? And then she comes to a, you know, this stage known as gestation. What happens to her? All her body begins to change. Correct? Oh, come on, talk to me. Is this true? Yes. She begins to change. She changes. Now there are things she does not want to even eat. And there are things she wants to eat. She begins to have some cravings and, and a physiology and everything changes, right? She looks different. And now people begin to see, hey, what happened in secret is now exposed. It's now in the open. Oh yeah, that's right. You see that? See, your vision cannot be hidden. Cannot be hidden. You get it in a place of privacy. But that vision will begin to grow in you. And as it grows in you, people will see it. Amen. They'll look at you and say, there's something about your life. You're different from everyone else. Amen. Can you see that? So that's the second stage. It's the longest. That is the reason why I'm talking about these three stages. Because the second stage we see in the life of Joseph is what? Pressure. You know, during that gestation period, the woman is under so much pressure. Correct? She's throwing, spitting all the time, and she gets irritated by stuff, you know. Don't touch me. Uh, and then, <laughs> sometimes they get easily irritated, upset, you know, over stuff that would not normally upset them. And just because of the way they feel. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. That's the, what, the, what vision will do in your life. Vision will change you. You know why that season, Joseph had to go into that second season of uh, pressure? Because, the, listen to what I'm about to say, the vision is perfect because it came from who? But the man is what? Imperfect. So God needs to bring the man into alignment with the vision. Amen. That's why that second stage is important. That's why pressure is necessary. Until you go through pressure, you will never come into alignment with the purpose of God. And if you're not willing to go through pressure, you will never accomplish. Amen. So it is that season of pressure, like that gestation season, that's when you change. The Bible says not to conform to this word, but be ye transformed. Transformed by what? The renewing of your mind so that you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Are you seeing that? So that change begins to happen in you. Now you begin to think differently. The way you used to think five years ago is not the way you think today. The people you used to hang out with are not the people you hang out with. You begin to make adjustments in your life. Why? Because this thing is changing everything about your life. Amen. <laughs> and some of you are in that stage. Lord, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, when you are in that season of pressure, you don't understand. But you don't have to understand. You just have to trust them. 25 years ago, if I'm not mistaken, I heard a song and it blessed me. At the same time, I've been singing that song. It blessed me. You don't need to understand. You just need to hold his hand. Life, it says in the song, is like a mighty sea, so tossed. 
and the raging of the sea and the tempest and the tossing and all of that. And it seems as if you are buffeted all over the place and you don't understand what's going on. God is right there. Just hold his hand. Have you heard the story of the man who said, I was walking on this pathway. God opened his eyes in the vision. And as he was walking on this pathway, it was easy, nice, level pathway. And he saw his feet and the feet of the Lord. But then they came to this particular area and he looked in his vision and he could only see the feet of the Lord. But he thought to himself, those are my feet. So he said, Lord, why did you forsake me? I saw your feet in the past, but now I don't see your feet. I only see mine. The Lord said, those are mine. Those are not yours. The Lord said, I had you walking when the pathway was smooth. But when the terrain became rough, I carried you. So what you see is not yours. They are mine. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that. You might be going through this pressure and you may not understand what's happening. And you think the Lord has forgotten you. The Lord has neglected you. I've got news for you. No, it's not your feet. It is the Lord's feet. Amen. He has carried you. And it's going to carry you through this terrain. And until it takes you through it. Through the valley of the shadow of death. And you shall come through it. Because the Lord will take you through it. Amen. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. <laughs> so don't give up. Don't cave in. Tell somebody pressure is good. It brings the best out of me. I've, I've had to, really, I've had to deal with, even when I joined the staff, the ministry here, I had to come under pressure. I came under pressure because I had to make some adjustments in my personal life. I, I had to change the way I think. I had to change even work ethic. You know, your approach to life, the way you do things. I had to step up my game. There is, a, there is a mentality of excellence. Because the level is high. And you, you, so I made up my mind. I, just, I, I did not necessarily verbalize it. But I made up my mind. I will. I want to be the best. At what God's called me to do. Are you listening to me? I want to be the best at what God has called me to do. So I began to make those necessary changes in my life. By the grace of God. So whatever you're going through right now, do not throw in the towel. The Lord is with you. Amen. I said the Lord is with you. Amen. And the Lord will see you through. Amen.